Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Dana Claire. Yes, we do. And it is such a great interview, y'all. It's so much information about swag and, um, I mean, just her story, which is very cool. But also, she's um, she does a lot of swag and merchandise. And, yeah, it was very good. Yeah, she talks about, like, how she uses it mm-hmm. to, um, like, she kept using the word retention, like mm-hmm. to retain mm-hmm. her readers and develop a deeper yep. relationship with them. Yep. And I think that's something that a lot of times we think, oh, I'll make a bookmark. I'll do this. Or, mm-hmm. But she, hers is very much a mindset, a mm-hmm. way of interacting with her readers. And she's hybrid. So we talked about that a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And um, she had some really good practical tips for mm-hmm. like how to get started with swag and mm-hmm. what you need for the graphics and stuff. And right. It was really good. So yep, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So let me go into this thing because we have sponsors to talk about. Y'all, we're so flattered and <laughs> a little bit humbled. We are. <laughs> a lot humbled. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're very excited that y'all are interested in supporting the podcast. And we I set up a survey last week. And so we're getting such good answers to in the survey mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like what y'all want and people you'd like for us to interview. So yeah, we're just so excited that you're still interested in the podcast and want, yeah. to, be, want to be involved in it. Right, right, right. So we have sponsors and we said we were going to announce those. So Sarah, you want to go first? Sure. Yes. So our first, very first sponsor was Krista Baker. And when you sign up, you can pick an emoji that it kind of represent you. And so Krista picked us the book stack, which I, love, I totally love that one. Mm-hmm. Then we have Isabel Peterson. She picked the heart. And then Kathleen Bailey. And she picked, I think it's a little cat. It is a cat. Yeah, okay. it's a cat. And then we have Stella Bixby. And Stella writes kind of cozies with some mystery. Mm-hmm. So she has the... Uh, the magnifying glass, magnifying glass. Uh, Shannon McLaughlin, and she has the unicorn, which I think that goes very well with Shannon. <laughs> Moose has a crown, and I love that. And Delaney Smith has a crown, and I love that. Perfect. Yes, and then we also have Bill Cocus, and he has the music note. Mm-hmm. And Jolly with a bunch of stars. She's love a star. Yes. And then we also have Trisha O'Malley, another unicorn. Mm-hmm. And then the last is Liv Macy, and she has the books. So we just thank y'all so much. Yes, yes. it and really helps uh, with just you know producing the podcast and getting stuff done. And yes. we just really appreciate it. Yeah, and so that will that will help cover our um, mm-hmm. hosting. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was thinking about this. It's like um, like a country house has to pay its way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're trying mm-hmm. to like let the uh podcast kind of pay its mm-hmm. way as well mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. and um and it also lets us interact with y'all a little bit more the podcast right. is very we love doing it but in a way it's kind of like we send it out into the void mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then unless we meet y'all at a conference or meet you on social media yeah there's not a lot of or if you're in the group so there's ways yeah. we connect but this is a way to connect with people more so yeah. so we're really enjoying it yeah, it's a morale boost for sure. It really is. Yes, yes. it is. Yeah. So if you're interested in the survey, it's at wish I'd known for writers.com slash survey. And then if you're interested in signing up to support the podcast, it's the same link, but the at the end, it's support. So wish mm-hmm. I'd known for writers.com slash support. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on there. Do you have any updates, personal updates this week? <laughs> Well, I have personal updates, but very few writing updates. Uh, my daughter, um, Alexa, that produces the podcast, I mean, uh, yeah, produces the podcast. She is an event planner, uh, Alexa Larber Party Co., for all your party needs. Um, and she 
she coordinated a bachelorette party in Tulum. And so she had to get all of the stuff to Tulum. Where, so where is Tulum? It's in Mexico. It's outside okay. of Cancun, about an hour and a half outside of Cancun. Okay. So she hired she hired her best friend to help her. And then Chris and I were her mules. And we <laughs> we we got her stuff into the country in our suitcases. So did Jenny and so did Alexa. I mean, we had so many suitcases and we were there from Thursday to Monday. I know people were like, Are y'all moving down here? I mean, because um, you know, just so we could get all of the party stuff down there, but it turned out so great. And um, we were just in country in case there were problems. And there were a couple of little, you know, drivers didn't show up or something Mm -hmm. like that. So it was good that she was down there, but the four of us ended up just having the best time. Um, We really did have such a good time. I did post that, even though I'm in this beautiful place, I'm still Kind of sad. Um, Being at a place like that really made me miss my sister because she just loved, she just loved going to the beach and she loved beach trips and Mm -hmm. she liked going anywhere. And I don't know. It's well, I mean, that's probably natural to, I mean, it's so many things are going to remind you of her. I just know. know. And it's just going to be. And that's, yeah, that's what my mom said. My mom was like, everything reminds me of her. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it just Mm -hmm. does. And I know that, I mean, I've really been kind of struggling a little bit because, you know, I have written some, but I just, it's not that I don't feel like writing. It's like the words just aren't there. And I've wondered if I'm lazy (laughs) <laughs> or if it's grief. And a friend of mine whose uh, husband died last year said, you know, it's only been four months. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a minute in grief time. Mm-hmm. You're not lazy. And so it made me feel better knowing that she said that. But um, yeah, it's just a process. And, you know, we have so many listeners who've reached out to me. You've been through this process, mm-hmm. you know, Um and you've been so encouraging to me. So I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. And it, certainly I'm not the only one to go through something like this, though you feel like you are. Yeah, I was going to say, but when it's you, yeah. it's you. And that's you completely do. different. Yeah. 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 But, um, but it didn't ruin our time at all. In fact, I was able to still enjoy it knowing mm-hmm. she would that's want, good. you know, she yeah. would want us to yeah. enjoy it. But still, well, we talked about hard. that. Yeah, we talked about giving yourself grace in this interview mm-hmm. that's coming up. I know. We and do. I mean, it's just like there's certain times that we just have to go easier on ourselves. And, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. So yeah. I've been in that place for a while now. So, yeah. Anyway, what's going on with you? Well, I've actually gotten some writing done. So I feel mm-hmm. really good about that. That's and great. Um, an update on the audiobooks that I got mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. I went around and around and around in circles with ACX and Audible trying to get the audiobooks moved back into my ACX account. ACX account. Mm-hmm. So if, if anybody is ever in this situation, the way you solve it is you have to get in touch with whoever had, like the rights were with Tantor. And mm-hmm. I had to get back in touch with them. And then they have to notify ACX. And oh. they have to initiate the transfer, which is not a good system because you're dependent on somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, this is me as an, in the author going, oh, mm-hmm. I hate being dependent on somebody mm-hmm. else, but mm-hmm. that's what I had to do. So I think it's finally done. Mm-hmm. So if anybody, hopefully that will help somebody in the right. future. But um, so I finally got those back. And um, as we're recording this, it's only been a couple of days since Joanna Penn's cr- Kickstarter ended mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. went really well. She was on the podcast a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. So congratulations to her. She did really mm-hmm. well. And yeah, we talked a lot about fears and stuff and yeah, and it was all fine Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as it usually is once you get going on something like this. So, right. right. So, yeah. So that's about all I have. I've got, um, yeah, just doing writing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trying to meet a deadline and, See, I decided to give myself until the end of this week and see where my word count is mm-hmm. about moving my uh, editing Your date. release date. Yeah. Yeah. Your end date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So well, good. You got another day. I know. Got, I yeah. got, got to, got to go. Got to get working. 
<laughs> well, tell everybody where they can support us if they want to support the podcast. Okay. Uh, I'm asking Sarah to do it because I don't really know the, <laughs> the name. <laughs> well, our website is just like, it's so hard to say. So I always have to write it down. So it is wish I'd known for writers.com support. Mm-hmm. So it's got that slash support. Yeah. Okay. So um, no apostrophe. Yeah. No apostrophe. We're, yeah. we're gr- it looks like I wrote it because it's grammatically <laughs> incorrect. Oh, well, yeah. so. so, but anyway, we're really excited that people are interested in supporting yeah. us. And I think we're looking towards doing some uh, special content for supporters. Yes. We're, yeah. we're working on that and there will yeah. be some special things because, you know, y'all are helping us out and we mm. want to do some things for y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's get on with the podcast because this is a great interview. Um, I know people are going to love it. Yep. So here's Dana. Well, today we are really excited to talk to Dana Claire. Hi, Dana. How are you? I'm great. Uh, It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, We're excited you're here and uh, we can't wait to talk about all the things. things. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, let me read your bio real quick. Dana Clare is an award-winning author whose stories explore identity, fate, and destiny in the crossroads of romance and adventure. Dana resides in Los Angeles with her adoring husband, living her dreams, writing books, telling stories, and changing the world one reader at a time. Oh, I love that bio. That's awesome. So tell us how you got into writing, Dana. Well, um, when I was a little girl, I used to make up books. So my parents would read them to me and then I'd correct them. And let them know the storyline I thought it should be. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So um, my mother was a teacher Mm -hmm. and uh, loved that creative side. And she always wanted to write children's books. So as I got older, I really think she had the foresight to get me to write little stories. And then in elementary school, I started to write poems. And then when I went to college, I was an English major. I had no idea what I really wanted to do. So I majored in English and business. And that kind of took me on the writing journey. And then I just stopped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, Mm -hmm. life got in the way. I graduated, I got a job and um, I just stopped writing. And unfortunately, my mother got cancer and passed. Mm. And uh, one of the last things she asked me or we had a conversation about was, you know, that I could live her legacy. I -hmm. could take pieces of things that were her or us combined and continue them because she Mm -hmm. wasn't ever going to leave this world as long as I was in it. Mm -hmm. And I came back to writing because of that, because I really Mm -hmm. felt that that was something that we did from very early on in my childhood. And I wanted to honor her that way. And who knew yeah. <laughs> that yeah. it would take me to where I am today, but um, that is, that's how I started. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that answer. Thanks. That's wonderful. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you've been able to incorporate that into your writing and probably your motivation too, to help you when things yeah. get tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, self doubt creeps into forever oh, yeah. in, in mm-hmm. any industry. And I just feel like my mom's always kind of sitting on my shoulder and like, who cares? Just keep going. And, mm-hmm. you know, if mm-hmm. you're enjoying this process, then there's no reason to ever give up. And I'm here with you. Right. So I always feel like that's um, very comforting for me, too. Yeah, oh, that, is, that is great. Well, what is your definition of success? Ah, oh, this is an easy one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I think the definition of success for me in my author career It's just having people enjoy what I write Mm -hmm. and that's it. You know, just somebody who throws a five-star up and tells me that I changed their evening or they stayed up till 4am reading one of my books, or they reach out to me and tell me that they read it with their um, high school daughter. I've had a couple of parents say, my daughter read this and gave me the book or vice versa. Mm -hmm. I read this your book. It's because I write YA Mm -hmm. Um, and I gave it to my daughter and and she loved it. So those things. And then I don't know if it's the universe or God or whatever, but that always brings me back to my mom. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, wow, I'm really full circle. And that Mm -hmm. feels like I nailed success. Oh, that's great. I I love that answer. And um, I think that a lot of us get kind of distracted by the other things that the money or the 
time or whatever. And and really that is kind of the only thing that should matter is how we affect our readers. And yeah, so, yeah, that's great. I mean, think about this, right? Because we're all writers here in 10 mm-hmm. years, 20 years, 50 years, a hundred years, whatever it is, we've left pieces of us behind in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's, that's really success. cool. That yeah. is success. Somebody down the line or or today or tomorrow that you've changed their perspective or mm-hmm. you've given them an escape or mm-hmm. you've given them a friend, mm-hmm. right? That, mm-hmm. that to me is success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you first started? Oh, my. <laughs> um, I don't. Oh, gosh. There's just so many things on that list. Mm. Uh, if I could simplify it, I think the process I would have. Um, I didn't know about the processes or the difference between traditional or self-publishing. Yeah. And yeah. I am both. So uh, now I have the per- the um, perspective mm-hmm. from traditional publishing and self publishing, but I didn't realize the the vast difference, mm-hmm. and I just I didn't know what I was. There was no cover reveal. There was mm-hmm. no launch day promotion. I was just like I wrote a book and put it on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, um, I was just really excited about um, getting something out there and it was COVID and um, I had some extra time. So I wanted to, you know, finally live my dream. And man, I just wish I knew about the process because then afterwards I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff, especially the marketing. Yeah, I'm in marketing. So how embarrassing. Well, talk to us about that. What do you wish yeah. you'd known about marketing? Oh, yeah, man. Back. So um, a little background. I've been in promotional marketing and digital marketing for almost 20 years. Um, from everything from e-commerce brands to I worked with Nike, the NFL, Victoria's Secret. And every time I've been part of their promotion or their brands, sometimes we plan like six months, a year and a half in advance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is not rocket science. I knew this, Mm -hmm. but I didn't think about it in the mind frame of my writing or my books. And I think now that I'm in the industry and Mm -hmm. I'm so submersed in it, it's very interesting because as you ladies know, if you're self-publishing, you're promoting anywhere from like six to weeks to eight weeks in advance. But traditional publishing is about eight months in advance. Yeah. And that marketing is very different. So, you know, I've, I feel very uh, blessed to have both experiences and learned from both of those to use my marketing skills from all the brand work that I've done and been able to thread them into book marketing. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's a lot I've learned. And I think Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is navigating the difference between traditional marketing and self-publishing. And then the other Mm -hmm. thing is too, even if you're traditionally published, um, it is not true that your publisher does all the marketing for you. They, you know, they expect you to come with your own marketing plan. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so I think those were the things that I, I learned the most. Right. Yeah, I think that's a huge misconception that mm-hmm. the traditional publisher will do all your marketing for you. And they will do a few things, but they mm-hmm. really lean on the authors to do yeah. most, if not all of it. So yeah. that's a they, huge thing. They do. And one of the things that I was a little shocked about, but now it makes a lot more sense, is they ask about your follower followers mm-hmm. on all of your social platforms. Right. Not that I think that books are chosen that way. I think it's mm-hmm. just part of how they're able to be like, okay, well, this is where they're really strong and mm-hmm. they can push forward in this way. Um, but that was something even growing my um, audience. So that was very unique for me too. I'm used to growing a brand. And even mm-hmm. though authors are their own brand, you're growing your brand and your books. Right. So it's like Nike who comes out with all the different shoes, the shoes of the books and then Nike's the brand. And you've right. got to, find your path for all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, have, in, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. Um, I was going to say, how have you like taken those things from marketing and worked them into your like self-published books? 
Because mm-hmm. I think most yeah. of our listeners are probably self-published. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I have a PA and she giggles every time I have a new plan. She's like, you <laughs> are so funny. Um, <laughs> she's like, I've never seen this before. I'm like, I know. Yeah. So I've used everything that I've learned over the last 15, 20 years on retention and marketing. Um, I use email marketing. I use SMS marketing. Um, so I'm sending text messages to my readers. So we're capturing that data as well when we're engaging with them. Um, so I use all of that. And then I use a CRM system. So it's a client retention management system where we catalog everything. So it's all of the readers that we've been able to engage with live on that platform with notes. And mm. I'm so detail oriented and I make sure that we follow up with everyone The other thing that has been really helpful for me, and I think it's great advice, and I'm sure many authors are doing this, but um, create a street and an arc team. You Mm -hmm. need to have, I call them my arms, extensions of yourself Mm -hmm. that are marketing your work. You're going Mm -hmm. to find readers who love you and they want to be part of your process. They're so enamored with your work and they want to get to know you. And they just feel very special when you even email them back. I created a birthday. Um, If you're on my art team or you're on my beta team or my street team, I have a birthday program. And on their birthday, they get something special. It's either a digital gift and it could be a reader magnet or a digital gift where sometimes I give them like, you know, two or $3 on Amazon so they can buy an ebook, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's swag, which yeah. I know we'll, we'll chat a little bit about um, swag uh, in a second, but I've used all of those things so I can stay engaged with my readers and make sure that even in between books, I have something to talk to them about. Right. Um, and I think that's, what's been the, most successful for me for the last couple of books that I've Mm self-published and I have chosen to self-publish several of my books that I could have gone traditional. So Mm -hmm. I did that because I felt that I could grow my readership better that way with having them, as you guys know, it takes time Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. into the um, traditional publishing that like a year to two, depending mm-hmm, on yeah. how backed up they are or where they're going to put you seasonally. So I've been like, eh, I'm just going to publish this. So I have more stuff and I can stay engaged with yeah. my readers. So I feel like being really organized um, is one, making sure that my connection to my readers um, is frequent too, but not in a sense where I'm overwhelming them with mm-hmm. emails. I'm connecting mm-hmm. them different ways. We make sure we follow everyone on Goodreads we follow everyone mm-hmm. on BookBub. Mm-hmm. We follow, um, we comment on their other, uh, and I, when I say we, you know, my PA does help me with a lot of stuff, but we comment on what they're reading and we, we're, we're just, the fr- we're friends. We we're want developing them. a relationship with mm-hmm. them, right? Yeah. We are. And that's yeah. what brands do too. And that's one of the things that they would come to myself and the companies that I was working at. How do we engage better? How do we, how do we hear from them? User generated content is very big in marketing. And what that is for a brand is if they're wearing like a shirt, but for, for readers, it's when they're holding your book mm-hmm. and they bring your book out in the wild and they're giving you user generated content that you can use on your own social in your own ads that show organic, authentic readership. And then other people are like, oh, it's not just Dana reading her book at yeah. a coffee shop. You know, right. I wrote it. I like it. I'm biased. Right. <laughs> it's Dana's, you know, a fan of Dana's that took her book. Um, I had a, a, a flight attendant who would send me a picture every time she got on a flight with my one of my books. Wow. We started like a travel campaign and people were following the book around during one of my releases. It was really oh, fun. That's great. That's, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That so cool. I would. I would say those are some of the things that I do. There's many, but those yeah. are engagement is my number one. Right. Yeah. Right. That's that. Hadn't thought about that. Um, but I mean, some of those things like following people back on Goodreads and BookBub, I hadn't even considered that. So that's a great suggestion. Um, so you, besides the marketing, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career? And did they turn out to be right or wrong? Okay, you promise you won't laugh, right? Well. 
<laughs> we laugh a lot on the podcast. We do. We're always <laughs> laughing with people. Okay, yes. you're laughing with me. Um, so I, I just thought like, so I did a little research and, and mm-hmm. um, used Ingram when mm-hmm. I was self-publishing, which many of us use. And I just figured that every font on Ingram worked with Amazon. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I didn't really think very far and um, through it. And I wrote my first book was a sci-fi um, called The Connection. And I, I was all excited. You know, it launched and all my friends and family bought it. And I really didn't know what to do after that. And then a couple of friends were like, hey, have you gotten your own book? I mean, I didn't even think to order myself one or like an advance. I mean, I just, you know, I just didn't know. I was really excited about it. And that was as far as I got. So I was like, no, I didn't get mine. Everybody else had gotten, or not everybody, but some people got theirs. And one, one of my friends caught this. Everybody else thought it was intentional. She was like, how come all of the italicized Ds are flipped? And I was like, what? And she was like, is it because it's a sci-fi? Like, is that part of (laughs) Okay. I was like, if anyone asks you, yes. But no. (laughs) Then when my dad had gotten it too, uh, a couple of my husband's coworkers had received it. Nobody said anything to me. And then I finally got mine. And I was mortified. Like Mm. every D in these Mm. flashbacks was um uh, it was like flipped on it it was very strange i can't even explain it was it didn't look like a b you knew it was a d but it was definitely not done correctly and there was i had sold like 250 books oh, i was wow. like what can you do a callback yeah no, no. <laughs> Is there a recall on those um so that was that was a, a mistake that i i didn't know to do um to get a a book and at least look what it looked like or mm-hmm. um to flip through every single page yeah. to make sure that they all look okay i i i guess i must not have done that mm-hmm. so that and there i had a double chapter in there that was another thing there was two oh chapters number 23 mm. oh my goodness <laughs> so um yeah but see I, those I, books now are collectors items so mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. the good. That's the that's the only upside to things like that. <laughs> I like I like that, Sarah. I like that. Oh man, I was so mortified. I just couldn't believe it. But it was a unique twist on it that she was like, "Is it because it's a sci-fi?" And I was like, "Huh? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe others will think that as well." Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, funny. Well, we've all mm-hmm. had things like that that have happened. Oh like, yeah, like yeah. they're just you can't believe they got past you, but. Mm-mm. there's nothing to do but keep going exit, yeah. keep going you gotta just push through and, and make it like a happy accident yes yeah. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. well we like to talk about like lessons learned and what you've learned from mistakes and things so um what do you think is the most important lesson you've learned in your writing well, career that was that was one of them um <laughs> I think, and this is partly, I I was in an interview last week and they're like, what would you give advice to people? I love research. So it's actually kind of surprising to me that I didn't, I just think I didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think one of my, my, my advice and what I learned are similar. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have been to writing conferences and have um, met with some authors or maybe just done some YouTube searches and had a little bit more understanding of the business before I got involved in it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's twofold. One, I didn't know how to do that. I, I really had no idea. And um, two, I didn't even know that those conferences existed, mm-hmm. which yeah. sounds silly because of course they're in all aspects of industries across the board, but I just didn't know what, what they would be called. I didn't know about Nink or Inker mm-hmm. or like, you know, any of the ones that I actually speak at now. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I wish I had known that. And I think that was my biggest mistake was not doing due diligence and having that um, information prior to publishing, self-publishing or even querying or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, before you even start, you really need to know what you're getting into. And um, even for a hobby, I think you really need to know what you're getting into because yeah. it's so, you really only get one chance to um, make that impression on people. And so, 
Yeah, I, I, we're big believers in that too. It is funny. I will tell you that the connection um, won an award. My first, yeah. my first book won an award, and I was like, "Huh, I had no idea what I was doing." And that was really cool because I hadn't yeah. at the time applied for any awards because I didn't right. know how to do that. Yeah. Um, so that made me feel really good. But I would say that that was just a fluke because I didn't mm-hmm. do enough um, research prior to doing it. But I learned through that experience, and mm-hmm. that was actually how I met a couple people on Upwork and Readsy and then started networking. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, Dana, you're in marketing. Let's yeah. take a step back <laughs> and and think this through as you continue to grow. And I didn't even know I, I wanted to grow it at that moment either. Yes. So mm-hmm. I did it and I was like, this feels really right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that first book a lot of times is like a testing of the waters to see how you feel, what you think, if you like it. So yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what's the uh, biggest change you've had to make in your thinking over the last, you know, since you started publishing? Yeah. Um, hmm. Like that biggest change in my thinking. Well, I think, um, I have given myself more grace. Mm, so yes. that's been a huge uh, change for me too, because with traditional publishing, I have deadlines. Mm. Um, with self-publishing, I'm I'm on I give myself deadlines. Yes. Um, I'm a much harder boss than my publisher. <laughs> Aren't we always? We're so mean to ourselves. So yes. mean. <laughs> um, so I've learned to give myself a little bit more grace where mm-hmm. if I don't hit my word count for the week or the day or month or however I'm I'm doing it for what book, I'm just like, I just step away and say that that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's very hard for me to do in all of my work. I'm type A personality. If you yeah. haven't figured that out yet. Um, but <laughs> But I'm I'm proud of myself for that because I think it's been the hardest thing for me to do in, in every career I've ever had. Yeah. And this one has just been a really amazing career. I've met so many amazing people, so mm-hmm. sweet, so kind, so helpful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it makes me want to be a better person. So right. Right. I think that's how I've been able to give myself some grace. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's so important. It's something that we just... We don't do often enough. I think we're. I think we've kind of run ourselves into the ground because there's so much burnout in the author community. But yeah. I think we're kind of maybe turning the corner of that and like learning that we can't do all the things all the time and release all the books every month. You know, we just can't do everything, and so we kind of have to maybe pull back just a little bit and say it's yeah. okay. We don't get that yeah. word count done. Whatever. It's not sustainable if you put mm-hmm. that type of pressure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the goal of it is enjoyment. You know, mm-hmm. we're all writing for people to enjoy our work. And we need to remember we have to enjoy it too. Yeah. yeah. It'll it'll just seep through our writing if we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yep. believe that. I think that's yeah, very me true. too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Every time if I meet you... an author, I want to hug them. I'm like, do you want to see? This is my supportive hug for you. They usually <laughs> need it. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> oh, well, um, if you were starting over today, would you do anything differently? Would you start over? Would you have anything that you do differently? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would have. I would have definitely caught that D. <laughs> yeah, well. In the second cha- in the double chapter. Yeah. yeah, the double chapter, the D. You know, the D was so bad that the double chapter didn't even upset me. That's how bad the D was. Um, and I laughed too because my name's Dana and it was a D. I was like, oh, but man. Um, I think I would have. It's funny because, you know, I pride myself on having so much marketing background, but yeah. I would have done more deep dive on that because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was helping an author the other day and she was like, my cover reveals and my, all of this stuff that I'm doing prior to release day, I don't feel like it's really, you know, turning the needle. Like I just don't see the return on investment of that effort. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I understand that, but I promise you it does in some way, shape or form, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a TikTok video that went viral that you're like, how did that mm-hmm. happen? Mm-hmm. Or um, it's a fan mm-hmm. that, like saw something you posted and reposted, whatever it could possibly be like, it does make a difference. So I would have really have liked if I 
did my first book and had a little bit more of that. I had shock value where 90% of my friends were like, you write? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah. And, and side note, I actually wrote for a magazine in New York City um, as a column, columnist writer for um, uh, two things. One, I did their romance uh, writing, you know, those little quizzes. Yes. I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but someone like me was writing them in the background. <laughs> 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 I did that one. And then I also wrote um, reviews. I did product mm-hmm. reviews for a magazine called Dash that no longer exists anymore mm-hmm. um, due to the digital era. Mm-hmm. So I have written a little bit in between, obviously not books, but not many people knew I was even doing that. So there was a shock value when my first book went out. I would have rather prepped people mm-hmm. and had more engagement of the day of launch than than when I did. So that would definitely be the one thing I would change. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's great. That that's a great answer because um, I think you know we're also believers in building that community before you put the book up. Usually, yeah. it's with the newsletter and stuff, and. Um, most people don't do they don't do that. They don't know how to do that. It seems overwhelming. I mean, just getting the book out is all you're doing the best mm-hmm. you can, you know. And um, so I think that that's a great answer because, yeah, I mean, it's so much better when you have people to launch a book too. Yeah. Um, you feel, I mean, it makes you feel better, even if it doesn't like, even if it's only twenty people, those are twenty people that want that book. And yeah, um, yeah. and they're lonely, supporting you. Lonely, it's yeah. a lonely um, yeah. job. But you know, yeah. you don't. There's no one sitting next to you, or, no. or that you can slack and say, mm-hmm. "How's your day going?" You know. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that would have been that would have been better for me. It was more like I got text messages. What do you mean you wrote a book? Like, is this yeah. real or how did, how did that happen? Yeah. So. Is this Dana? Yeah. Yeah, Dana. Dana who? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, let's talk about swag for a minute because you brought that up earlier. So tell us what the difference between swag and merchandise is. Yeah. So swag um, is actually funny. So swag actually is an acronym and it stands for stuff we all get. Mm. I don't know. Some people know (laughs) that. Some people don't. But I think that's I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Swag is stuff we all get. And there's two different types of swag. There's free swag, giveaway swag. Um, and then there's merchandising. We call it mm-hmm. sales swag. Same thing mm-hmm. as, as merchandising. And they're both really valuable to authors. They have their own merits. The mm-hmm. free swag is great. And of course, it's at a lower price point because mm-hmm. let's say you're at a um, book tour or a book signing or um, you're at Barnes and Noble just trying to sign some of the books and you want to leave behind some stuff. It is a great way for you to stay top of mind mm-hmm. to somebody who met you at any of these events. They can right. bring home something as simple as a bookmark. You want mm-hmm. it to be reusable. You don't want it yeah. to be something that they throw out when people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I did candy. And I'm like, well, they eat it once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's gone. So mm-hmm. candy inside something, awesome, like something they can keep, a tin or whatever. Um, but that that's really what it is. It's reminding them of who you are back to my whole engagement, you know, theory and uh, marketing plan is that you want to engage with them. Well, how are you going to do that when you don't see them on a regular basis? You give them something that's of value to them. Doesn't mean that it has to cost a lot, but it's a value to them, whether it's a pen or whatever. And mm-hmm. they keep it. Mm-hmm. Then you have merchandising swag, which is awesome because it creates a mm-hmm. second revenue stream for you as an author. Mm. You can work with third-party companies where they will set up your e-commerce site and people can Mm. buy them online, Mm. or it could be something you take with you when you're doing book signings and it could be t-shirts. So let's say that you wrote a sports romance Mm -hmm. and you made up a high school and you have a logo of the high school. And if they want to buy your book of the sports romance and they want to take a, buy a t-shirt of the Mm -hmm. school of that, if it's a young adult, I always think in young adult, but whatever it is, then they could buy the t-shirt for 15, $20 and your cost could be four or five. And then you're making anywhere between a 40 and 60% profit on that. And you've added a second stream of revenue to your author brand. Mm -hmm. So those are the differences. And they both, like I said, have value and are very important. Mm -hmm. 
So talk to us a little bit more yeah. about swag, because I feel like that would be something that if, if we're not doing anything, but w- that would probably be the place to start would be with some swag first and then maybe mm-hmm. move into merchandise later. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, merchandise is going to always be more expensive unless you use a third party site. Um, and I do like a whole uh, uh, webinar on this, but you could use a third party site that stocks the product mm-hmm. and ships the product. And then at the end of the month, just gives you your 30 to 40% cut of whatever that is. You yeah. would be responsible for making the logos or whatever it is. And um, BookBrush is a great platform that you can use to create any type of logo um, that's at a high resolution. So it could go on a cup or a shirt or whatever. That would be a zero cost to you as an author Mm -hmm. and also another way to make revenue stream for you. But back to swag. Yeah. If you're starting out doing like handouts and giveaways, some really neat things to do is you could do a USB drive and those are very inexpensive and you could have a reader magnet on your USB drive. Oh, wow. You know, USB drives can be used for anything if you were mm-hmm. wanted to do with the first chapter. So let's say that you are at a book signing and you have a book coming out and it just didn't make it in time for that signing. Right. You could put your first chapter of that book on your flash drive. And on the flash drive, you're going to, of course, have your logo on there, maybe your website, whatever it is that you want them to keep. Mm-hmm. Give it to them. They get to read your first chapter. And they have a USB drive that they can, a flash drive that they can use for other things. So they're not going to get rid of it. And Mm -hmm. those can be really expensive. You don't have to get a large one, just something that a reader would keep at their house that has your name on it and they would remember you by. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like an an expensive one. You could also do um, anything with a QR code on it. So you could do a bookmark with a QR code on it. You could do, if you were going to do a consumable, that would be the only way I would say to do a consumable. I know people love to do like a chocolate or candies or whatever, mm-hmm. but then you would want to make sure on that wrapper, there was a QR code and that mm-hmm. QR code could have anything on it. Like I was just talking about with the USB drive where it could be um, links to your social sites or a buy link for a book. Mm-hmm you know, anything like that. So when you're handing it out, of course, everyone's always curious. So they're going to click on your QR code regardless. And then that's your call to action where you're driving your reader somewhere that you want them to go. Mm, Those are great, great ideas. Great ideas. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I could sit here for hours and give you, um, (laughs) there's a, you know, a Kindle screen cleaner, um, I, every time I hand those out, people are like, oh my God, is this a screen cleaner? And I was like, yeah, it's perfect for your Kindle. Like I make it all book related, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's perfect for everything. You can use it for mm-hmm. your eyeglasses. They'll keep right. it. It's something they could fold up and put in their back pocket, their purse, their wallet. You could put a QR code on that. You can make it a really fun design, whatever you want to do. And again, it's not something they're going to throw out. It's inexpensive and you're leading them in direction that you want them to go. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, what about, well, let's back up just one second. So you mentioned book brush. So you have a bit of an announcement about book brush, which we, we love book brush and, uh, we, why don't you tell people about that? Sure. So I've been working for book brush for, um, about a year as, um, one of their book marketing, uh, strategists, uh, helping during their webinars, all the different ways that you could use BookBrush to, you know, grow your your author platform. And um, as of next week, I will be officially their COO, their chief operating officer. And I'm so excited. And there's a lot of new things coming down the road. Those I can't talk about yet, but <laughs> we do have. Um, we're adding onto the platform in oh, that's uh, great. Three different ways. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a lot of announcements coming soon about that. So if you don't mm-hmm. know what BookBrush is. It is a very easy to use, very affordable. There's even a a free platform where you can make social ads on it. Their most popular and known for tool is their uh, 3D book creator. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you girls, but I am no graphic designer. Nope. (laughs) No, that's way outside my wheelhouse. Way outside my wheelhouse. And I am not learning one more craft. (laughs) No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, you know, I have friends that are like, ooh. I'm going to learn, um, oh shoot, I can't Photoshop think of it. or something. Photoshop. And oh. I'm like, uh, no, 
think no. so. I look at it and I'm like, I'm already overwhelmed and I need to go meditate. Like, (laughs) not going to work for me. So one of the things that's really nice about BookBrush, and they're the only platform that has this, is you can make a 3D version of your book for anything. So Mm -hmm. whether it's your physical book or an ebook, or you, you know, want to show it with someone holding it in their hand, and they've got over 3 million picks um, that are on their platform that you can Mm -hmm. use for backgrounds, for cover reveals. And it's just really nice because it looks like you hired a VA or a designer Mm -hmm. and you didn't, you're doing it on your own. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great um, tool. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I love it because it's specifically for authors. Like uh, Mm -hmm. there's other programs out there that kind of do the same thing and you can use them. But this is like, I know that I could go there and make a cover, 3D cover, whatever Mm -hmm. I need and get in and get out and get done quickly (laughs) because I'm not going to be fooling around, you know, with images because it just, I'm just, that's not where my talent lies. Mm -mm. So a hundred percent. And there, you have to remember that there's only so many hours in the day. Right. So, you know, going back to the giving yourself grace, it's like about time management. Where can you put Mm -hmm your efforts and where did your efforts need to go? Somebody mm-hmm. else is not going to be able to write your book. <laughs> you right. have to do that, right. right? So this takes um, your time focusing on marketing. This We talked about mm-hmm. marketing a lot today and it allows you to do that efficiently, cost-effectively mm-hmm. um, and also just looking like you spent a lot of money. And the other thing that BookBrush has done this year that's really neat is they're adding services that are very affordable where you can actually work with one of their designers yeah, to help cool. build it. So that's launching soon. I um, mean, they're also doing book covers for you guys. And I've bought, uh, you know, I use somebody for my book covers and um, she's great, but she's like three times the cost mm-hmm. um, and their designers at Bookbrush are fantastic. So mm-hmm. now that I'm officially jumping on board, I'm sure I'll be using them for everything. That's <laughs> yeah, great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions about images and things so, while we're yeah. still talking about swag and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. like you mentioned like um, high resolution images. So like yep. what should we look for? Like if we want to take something and load it up to maybe Society6 or something like that, or just do our own swag. Yeah. Um, what just give us some parameters to keep it for us challenged graphically yes. challenge people. Mm-hmm. What should we look for? <laughs> so one of the reasons why I do like using book brush so much is all of their images are high res. Mm-hmm. Okay. So w- something, if you were to go onto a third party, I do buy some images um, on, I don't work for them, but um, Shutterstock. Mm-hmm. So there are sites that you can buy. I think there's like iStock. There's so many that you can mm-hmm. buy mm-hmm. all of those images. And I believe there's some free sites out there. Those are high res images. If you were using background images Images for your book, whoever's designing your book should be providing you PNG or AI files are high res images. They're called vector artwork and those won't get pixelated. So you know how like something gets fuzzy if you expand it. Normally those are like JPEGs. And then when you have a JPEG and what's something I love about BookBrush is that you can save your image. So let's just say you need a smaller file image. Mm -hmm. And it won't get pixelated. You can save it as a JPEG and you can use it for an ad without it, you know, being too large for that mm-hmm. ad. Or you can save it as a PNG or save it as both. And then you have the very high res as a PNG. And then the not not that JPEGs are low res because they're not, but they are a lower resolution than a PNG. So mm-hmm. if you were to do um, a BookBub ad, they'll normally tell you what their parameters are, what you're needed. But mm-hmm. I like to work in BookBrush because I know that none of my images are going to start to get fuzzy. And I, mm-hmm. I'm not a designer. So this is this is all like, you know, just normal people chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I've learned. So um, for images like that, but I do use the fonts and the um, images that my designers have built, including traditional or self-publishing, have built for my own books. And then I use those on different backgrounds or or play around yeah. a little bit and get creative. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. Like this is something I had just recently thought of doing. Like when yeah. I get a book cover, maybe I should also ask for like maybe just the background of it. Like a, you know, like Always. if you're gonna make 
bookmarks or something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't make the cover work in the dimensions. So mm-hmm. are there any things that like you ask for like routinely to help you later yeah. on when you're doing swag? What would that's those a, be? That's a great question, Sarah, because I think a lot of people don't even think about this until it's I didn't. Like <laughs> yeah. 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 You I always ask for the original art. So there's three things I ask for. I ask for the original artwork. So where they got it. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally like a great example is my traditionally um, published book, the layers of the artwork and not to get too much into this because I don't want to confuse anybody, but the way that they layer it is why they were able to use it and produce it because it becomes an original. Mm -hmm. So when you get specific things on the background, I like to know where they're coming from so I can buy the license to them if I have to. That's one. So I do ask for all the images they used, whether they layer it or not. Um, With my self-published ones she actually hand draws a lot of things which is awesome because then it's ours um but then I'll ask for specific layers of that too and I always ask for the cover with no words like none Mm -hmm. of my taglines not not my author um Mm -hmm. none of that then I ask for the title the way that they did it because normally Mm -hmm. there's like fancy script Mm -hmm. then I ask for what the font is and if the font is free, fantastic. If not, and there's a license to the font, I always buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can use it in ads or whatever yeah. you're doing, yeah. your swag. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is not to go down a rabbit hole, but I could. Font is really important. And one of the reasons why is because it speaks to your audience without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Font mm-hmm. signifies feelings. Mm-hmm. And I mean, rabbit hole, I could talk about this for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're looking for font, look for font, like complementary font to the font you have. Right. You want to look for font that is in your genre and category because mm-hmm. you don't want to use horror font. And I'm using <laughs> the word horror font because people in their head can already, you know, imagine the creepy font compared to uh, a historical romance font, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Very different feelings. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of stuff out there, including a blog on Bookbrush that will talk to you mm-hmm. about different fonts and will help you. So one of the things, and I actually struggle with font. That's why I bring this up. So one of the things that I do is once I get the font from my artist, then I ask like them, because I'm like, well, they'll know. I was like, is there <laughs> any complimentary font that you would think would go with this mm-hmm. why not ask them the worst thing they can say is like I don't know all right yeah yeah. yeah if they don't give you anything then I start looking up my genre and fonts that will complement it that I can also use yeah so and then some of those things you might have to pay extra for that you mentioned like the layers yeah. of the original artwork so that's something to know but I mean yeah. it would make things so much easier down the line right yeah yeah and sometimes yeah. it's not that much I yeah. mean you know so just so people don't have sticker shock and go oh yeah. I thought my cover was only but I mean if you have to pay a little bit to get all the extra things I think it would be personally work, worth it mm-hmm. just and to it just, save that headache later yeah and it just depends too right that's why I said I don't want to go down that sticky road because there are questions with it you have to talk to your designer about it yeah They'll mm-hmm. be able to give it to you. Um, my when my traditional publisher gave me my artwork and I asked for the background without words, they gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And then I asked for the individual layers. So, like when you're building artwork um in Photoshop, you're they're called layers. So just in case people are like, what is she talking about? <laughs> oh, what's a layer? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're called layers. That's why I'm referring it to that. So it, if it's um any of those uh CAD programs, computer aided design programs. So those layers separately might be what you have to pay for license wise if you're going to use them separately. So like Mm -hmm. that's where it it could be tricky, but your cover designer will Mm -hmm. know and that's your resource. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. That's great. Well, um, what about what advice would you give an author who wants to start merchandising, not necessarily swag, but merchandise? Yeah, I would say, so many authors do this differently. Um, I <laughs> I work a lot of hours yeah. and I'm always trying to simplify my life. If I can yeah. automate it, I'm doing it. So okay. I have automated um, mine and, you, and anyone's welcome to go visit my website. It's um, uh, danaclairebooks.com. And then if you click on shop, it'll bring you to my e-commerce site. My e-commerce site is hosted by Shopify. 
which is the number one e-commerce site. And um, I've worked with them for many years. So it was just an easy platform for me, but you don't have to use them at all. Uh, I like using a third party. I use Printify and I just make the artwork on BookBrush. I upload it onto a product like a cup or a t-shirt or whatever I want. And it goes on my store. And if someone buys it at the end of the month, I get a little bit extra money. And mm-hmm. then that's it. The only thing that's cost the only thing that's been a cost for me is my time and the platform fee. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's one way to do it. There are a lot of authors who do it. And I do this way when I go to an, an event, but a lot of authors will pick like three or four items, whether it's a coffee mug or um a, you know, a frame, I don't know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. When it's merchandise, you want to make sure it has a little bit of a higher price point, there's value behind it, right? Mm -hmm, It's going to be a piece that they keep. It wouldn't be like a consumable or a bookmark, unless it was a really fancy bookmark or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so it's something that they're going to keep a cherished love forever. So if you do that, I would say, what can you inventory and keep at your house or wherever you're shipping it from? Probably not a lot. So Mm -hmm. maybe you'd want to stick to five products, order them in bulk so you can get a very large discount and then sell those five products. But then you have to worry about shipping, Mm -hmm. inventory, timing, Mm -hmm. and all those things. I don't have that kind of time. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't do that route. You make a larger margin that way. That is the benefit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. I do buy in bulk when I'm going to a, so I'm going to Reader's Take Denver. Um, I did buy all of my merchandise in bulk for that that event because I'm only going to sell that merchandise at that event. So that is why Mm -hmm. I do that. And it kind of makes it nice too, because I'm like, these aren't even on my site. This Mm -hmm. is a, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. That type of urgency Mm -hmm. because one of the nice things with merchandise is creating urgency. Yeah. Yeah. So they're exclusive, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Limited time only is one of my Mm -hmm. favorite words. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has been great and really interesting. Interesting. Jamie, do you have any Mm -hmm. other questions or anything? No, no. I think that answered. I've got notes. Yeah. Sarah knows I rarely take notes. So yeah, uh, yeah, I have some notes. Well, if Um, I can ever be of any help to anybody, um, your your followers, um, either of you, I love helping other authors and I love creating communities. So I'm always here. That's well, that great. is fantastic. Thank you. Thank, you. Well, thank, thank you, you for coming and talking to us today. So we always like to ask everybody, what's the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success? The best thing I've done, I created my street team called Dana mm. Darlings. Mm. <laughs> yes. And I think that has been, I couldn't believe how many people signed up in 24 hours. We had over a hundred oh. people. <laughs> wow. That's exciting. Um, And I just launched that in January. And I think that has been the best thing that I have ever done. I love that they're called Dana's Darlings. I love that we're, I feel like I'm on a team. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that, that is definitely the best thing I think I've done to set myself up for success. That's awesome. Yeah. Just to follow up, because I know people are going to wonder where, how did you do that? Did you get them from your, from your uh, newsletter or reader group or? I sent out a newsletter. I have, I don't even have, I have 5,000 on my newsletter. It's mm-hmm. not like anything crazy. We did it on all my social platforms, my newsletter, and then something I think authors forget because they, they're they so focused on only using this for their book. Mm-hmm. can do it on Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. did it on about 50 different Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll let you post anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Especially if it's an ARC reader and yeah. you're building a street team or whatever. So we did do do that. And there are, you know, perks to being part of Dana's Darlings. Mm-hmm. But um, it's also to, you know, help me get the word out. Because we know marketing is such a huge part of uh, getting our books into reading. Right, fans. right. You can write this amazing book. The best book that's ever been written in the whole wide world. If no one knows about it, they're not going to read it. That's right. That's right. You, know. you need evangelist for sure. You do. So, That's well, ladies, great. thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Well, it's been super fun and just really informative. I think our listeners are really going to love it. Yeah. So tell everybody again where they can find your website. Sure. It's Dana Claire 
books.com. And my Instagram, which is where I live the most, if that tells you my age, so be it. <laughs> it's author Dana Claire. And um, I, I love comments. So you can always DM me. It's always going to be me on Instagram. So um, those are the places that you can find me. And then Book Brush. I will, starting next week, be officially on at Book Brush. You can always come find me there, too. That's awesome. great. All yeah. right. Okay. I have a book that came out yesterday oh. and um, called Hunterlin. And I have a book coming out on March 27th called Sideliners. And it's my first contemporary romance uh, YA. So very exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, that's great. All right. We will have all those notes at wishidknownthenforwriters.com. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.